Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Let's go with the show indeed, Denise. How are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. <laughs> That's fun. Sorry, we're laughing about something that happened just a minute ago. Okay. <laughs> so this is interesting because we decided that we were going to talk about mental health. Obviously, mm. it comes up a lot in hypnosis or in, in with hypnotherapists talking to each other. Mental health comes up a lot. But we also mentioned the fact that so many people with mental health issues mm. but most people don't call and say i'm way too happy and obviously somebody who's in a manic phase perhaps yeah. is too happy <laughs> but they need help because they don't want to spend all the money but um just how useful that is mm. and also people can appear so happy you know yeah. and bubbly and so always smiling and yet inside they're absolutely curled up in a ball it, it just the way they present themselves to the world well, well yeah a, i mean people say what does depression look like and you think instantly of a sad person maybe right a but withdrawn can... person um whereas depression can be somebody who completely looks okay but that is an mm -hmm. effort they have to make all the time yeah. um because they are you know they're depressed clinically depressed. it actually could be so ingrained in them that they don't realize they are unhappy or that, mm. that that is anything other than the usual human condition. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it. What's happiness? It's subjective, isn't it? Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, there we go. We'll go off on a tangent already. When you get that expression, you know, they're happy being miserable. <laughs> yes, that's when you're talking about it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some people who get a lot of mileage out of that, but so okay. This this conversation is sparked by Martin having. Well, the time you're watching this, he will have completed this course, but he's uh, been taking yet another training course. Um, <laughs> um, and why why didn't you explain what you've picked up in this course, Martin? Okay, well, Is it it's different about... significantly from the others. No, it's about teaching people to be mental health first aiders over here in the UK. We've got Mental Health First Aid England. Um, it started in Australia. I don't know if you got it there in the states, actually. Not a phrase I had heard. I will. I will certainly haven't come across it yet. Yeah. I'll, I'll okay. look more assiduously. <laughs> yeah. So I deliver their training courses, teaching people to be mental health first aiders. But it was just it concentrates a lot on the stigma around mental health. Um, you know, the fact that if you had a broken ankle and walked in somewhere, somebody would ask you quite happily about it. Oh, what happened to your ankle, Denise? Um, yes. Yes you know, or you'd be quite happy to talk about it to somebody. Whereas if you weren't feeling too good emotionally, mentally, maybe you would go in on yourself and not talk about it so readily. Mm -hmm. um, and it's that stigma, isn't it? That's a, attached to talking about our mental health and well-being. And I just wanted to talk a bit about that today because there's also stigma with hypnotherapy, isn't there? Hypnosis. There is. But most, um, of course, it's a self-selected group that called me to talk to me about hypnosis. They're interested in the subject. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, but how many more would call you if, um, you know, if you took away the... attached to it? 
Yeah, well, there's the stigma of, oh, that's just woo-woo nonsense. Mm. Science, it doesn't really help. Take a pill. Um, yeah, but I'm getting more people who are are coming to me having having been suggested that they see a hypnotist mm. by the therapist or by their own doctor. Not enough yet. I think mm. more people should be recommending this, but um, not, again, always underlining not as a substitute for real real for professional medical help but as an additional therapy or additional in, in the same way that somebody could a, a medical professional i.e a doctor or psychiatrist may recommend somebody to see a cbt therapist mm -hmm. yeah. yeah exactly in, in that same way a cbt therapist doesn't analyze or diagnose or prescribe and, and neither do we true so how, how, I'm not quite sure where to take this because most of the people who are watching us hmm. are fellow hypnotherapists. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> well, we don't know, of course, but currently <laughs> the people who have talked to us about our show have yeah. been other hypnotherapists. Um, a few friends and, you know, but, oh, I saw you have a, a, a podcast. Yeah. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Did you know 90% of them make less than four episodes? I think really? it's 90%. Some huge number, yes. Yeah, because I think it most was. people expect it to come rolling in and, and here's us on the fourth series, you know, with, with still a very well, small audience, but nevertheless. And I'd like to point out we're not planning on monetizing it ever. So nope. <laughs> that, that kind of rolling in's not going to happen. No, that, but, that, that uh, was a greeting stone at the outset, wasn't it? Yes, it was indeed. <laughs> uh, no, but you actually raised an interesting point there, Denise. Okay, um, talking about therapies, and referrals etc one mm -hmm. of the first things that was said to me at hypno college was people generally try hypnotherapy after they've tried everything else yeah uh, except the people who've tried it before for something else and then of course it yeah but usually yeah. it's 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 a last resort thing because it's not up there in terms of being pushed i mean it, it's over here now it's on the nhs website as a recommended um treatment mm -hmm. for IBS amongst other things, um, but it, it's it's not the first thing that springs to people's minds, is it? No, of course not. Um, then again, if somebody goes to see their doctor and the doctor says, oh, I think you need therapy, the doctor is most likely, I, I would imagine, to recommend CBT. Mm-hmm. Yes, although there's a lot of, we have a lot of different labels for different varieties of, mm. of treatment here. Um, not all therapists would you, I mean, many, many therapists would use CBT. That same therapist may use another modality for mm. a different, a different presentation. Would they perhaps illness. use, say, EMDR, for example? Uh, yeah. And that's often sort of, you you do the CBT stuff for a while and then you say, well, it's not shifting it fast enough. Let's do EMD for mm. EMDR for a short time. And mm. it's usually, it's very rapid when it works. And we both have opinions on that. But <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I think EMDR is fabulous, but it's hypnotherapy in my mind. <laughs> that's what, that's what, that's what most hypnotherapists think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's and there's a lot of things that we do. That, it, you know, having a shoulder to cry on. You may not need therapy, mm. depending on it, was there a sudden, um, some sad event that happened, but if you have generally. Or baseline, if you're 
you've always had a tendency to be down, mm. then, you know, it's, it's a good idea. If, 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 you know, the cat died last night and you're crying today, okay, fine. But if you're still crying three weeks later, maybe it's time to talk to your doctor about whether or not you should, you need to address mental health in a different way. Yeah, or, or maybe grief counselling. Somebody can explain the different stages right. of grief to you. Um, right. for, for somebody who perhaps lives on their own, their pet is their family. Um, yep. and, and the loss can be devastating. Oh, no, I'm not suggesting it, it isn't, but but that's the thing. It's not, it's not patho- pathology to mm. feel sad when something bad happens. <laughs> but at some point, you have to correct for that, and you oh, learn yeah. to live a different way. So it's it's when you're within that. And um, although there may be pet owners who disagree with me, generally, I believe that grief over the loss of a pet is a briefer thing than grief Mm. over the loss of a spouse or a child or a close friend. Um, But but all of those things have there, there is a point at which your general mental health should have been able to help you cope and move through that cycle of grief. Yeah, I mean, this is about resilience, though, isn't it? That ability to bounce back. Um, mm-hmm. If we sort of engage in mentally healthy behaviour most of the time and look after our minds like we look after our bodies or like we should look after mm-hmm. our bodies but, and make that but, time um, with self-care, uh, we, 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 we're, we're more resilient, we're able to bounce back quicker, aren't we? Right, but you can't bounce back until the issue is over. In this country, mm-hmm. That's getting that word is getting... A- bad rap within physician communities physicians have a very high suicide rate Mm, compared to the population yeah and a lot of what we're told well i my friends who are still practicing are told is oh you need more resilience no if you keep hitting me over the head with the thing that's making me miserable i can't bounce back yeah resilience is Episode happens, episode is gone, and you're still feeling bad, then yes, you do need to build mm. in some resilience. Yeah. Um, you're talking about not... a chronic condition whereby yes. this thing is going on and on and on. Yeah. Right. They, they need to address right. the cause of the issue then, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and some of it you may not have a great deal of control over. Absolutely. Yeah. Mind you, the doctors over here are trying to get more control at the moment. They've all been on strike this week. <laughs> And now, now you know when we recorded this, unless, <laughs> unless there have been more strikes since <laughs> we are speaking. Um, was there a resolution to that? Not I'm, yet. I'm no, it's ongoing for... because it's stalemate because the government have said they've made their final offer. Um, whereas the doctors are saying, no, you haven't. We want more. Um, so, mm-hmm. but I think it was this week when the consultants and the junior doctors were out on strike at the same time. Um, leaving just a skeleton emergency service, which shows you how serious people are. Well, absolutely. Even, even when we've had healthcare um, strikes, I mean, I, there haven't been very many. There is a huge one going on right now. Uh, mm. But when I was in training, all the nurses went out on strike. Depends on which union you belong to. Um, all the nurses, by and all our attending level physicians, our consultants, were mm. working on the floors you now with bedpans and you know running yeah. medicines to people and things because we need shit. Um, it's very rare to see that level of yeah. Well, that that's never happened before action. in this country with you know consultants right. and junior doctors on strike at the same yeah. time. Right. So um, it was World Mental Health Day um, on October the tenth. Okay, and we were talking about stigma and things, and we know hypnotherapy can help with mm-hmm. certain mental health conditions. 
um, at which point I will let you add in your my disclaimer. Yeah, your make disclaimer. sure you speak to speak to a physician before you go get treatment for something you think is pathological. Yeah, and now all my all my clients, I have to have be okay to talk to their doctor, no yeah. matter what they come to me because they want to learn to skip better. I I, I want to make sure they don't have some other thing that might be a problem for them. Yeah, true. And you're living in a litigious society. And there, I'm, there. <laughs> I'm very litigious, but also um, the, the the selfish side of that is because I want more doctors to realize that hypnotherapy is useful. So if more doctors realize that their patients are seeing hypnotherapists and the hypnotherapist can report back to them or the patient can report back to their doctor that, yes, it helped or it didn't, but it was, you know, it was really strangely, I drink less coffee, you know, whatever, because it isn't yeah. always a, a tit for tat thing. It's, it's, um, I've had a lot of uh, patients where things, uh, Denise, clients, <laughs> um, who have had a couple of sessions and, and it just it doesn't, mostly those are the people who think it's going to be instant, mm. perhaps like one lady who had, uh, like 20 years ago, she saw somebody for fear of flying. And it mm. was, it was one of those, saw somebody, problem fixed, never yeah, any more problems be. with that. Yeah. Had something else, a di completely different medical issue with which she she decided she'd look at hypnotherapy and there's no reason not to, but she felt it wasn't working. But she was lovely and she called me up and she said, please, the next time you're in the area, you know, come in for coffee, yeah. let's talk. And so, <laughs> You know, they're, I mean, that, they're happy. That, it just, yeah. she, she just really felt, she did feel it helped because it helped her get the, uh, the stigma for, for the issue she was dealing with. And so yeah. she's able to tell people that she's having that issue without fear. And that in itself helped. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't feel it was a failure, but it isn't necessarily a, a you know, fear of public speaking. Become Toastmaster top winner <laughs> for the year. You know, it's not necessarily that. That's spectacular. The the thing is, it does help some aspect of your health. Anyway, just talking to somebody. Yeah, because it'll bring that stress bucket down, won't it? If you yeah. if you if you have a conversation with anybody for an hour and you feel better after that conversation, it's okay. done you some good. Which is why we like to start our week having a chat. <laughs> <laughs> but you you were saying about um, referrals and this that and the other. I mean. For me, it's the other way around. I don't have to notify the doctor. They notify me because it's psychiatrists like who refer clients to me um, as a therapy. You know, they personally, have... that's an ideal setup because, as mm. you know, I think of us as hyp hyp hypnology, <laughs> uh, hypnosis technicians because yeah. you know we're not diagnosing it, but we're providing a service that is likely to be mm. extremely useful. Yeah. It may not be the end all of the of the issue, but it helps. Yeah, but it, it's the same if somebody goes to hospital with a broken leg and sees the doctor. The doctor then refers them to a, go on, what's the word, technician? Um, <laughs> you thinking of physical therapy or are you no, thinking of no, x-rays? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the one who puts the plaster on. Oh, yes. I don't know what they're called. I, so I, often here, it's usually that uh, most orthopedic surgeons have physician okay technician. Right. That, that is we haven't got that label here yet as yeah. far as i know i have not seen that that uh, yet but yes i mean that's it you can have it's i don't want to make it sound like i i disrespect my own choice of second career but we're part of a network of people yeah absolutely. who help our clients slash patients yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm part yeah. of that network, as I say. I think I I think, and you can cut it out if you disagree. But I think you should explain the setup that you set up. Sounds like it's fraud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> set up. You you were noticed by somebody in your community, mm. and now you have that relationship with the clinic. So you want to sort of explain that to people in mm. case it gives anybody who's got a clinic a bright idea. Yeah, that might important. be good. Yeah, yeah. No, no I, I I work within a private psychiatric clinic, um, so there's nine consultant psychiatrists who work there. And therapists in all different kinds of modalities and the psychiatrists may or may not decide that part of somebody's treatment program will involve one of those therapies, whether it be CBT, EMDR or hypnotherapy. And mm -hmm. if they decide, you know, hypnotherapy is something for their patient and um, they're then referred on to me for X, Y, Z number of sessions. And I mm -hmm. then refer them back to the psychiatrist or they see the psychiatrist on an ongoing basis anyway, perhaps every eight weeks. Just as um, you would if you start them on new medicine. Yeah. You check in with them and see how they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's how that works. So, as I say, that's slightly different from you who has to notify a or, or chooses to notify a client's mm -hmm. GP. Um, I've had a few directly from directly from their physician, mm. more people who've been told by a doctor in the past, you should see a hypnotherapist. And they suddenly find me like two years later, partly because I just moved here. And, and uh, yeah, there, there isn't that link. I've only got my card in with a few people who then will refer. Mm. Again, and, and it, again, with the stigma, it tends to be, oh, you do smoking or oh, you do weight loss. Yeah, all the things. All the things too, yeah. All the things help in mental health helps and this can help with how you how you approach your illness. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm trying to look at it from, trying to play devil's advocate here and look at this from a different point of view. You go to see your doctor about something, your, your medical doctor, and the doctor mm -hmm. says, oh, why don't you try hypnotherapy? If you, because of the stigma attached and if you were of that opinion, it's like, going to see your medical doctor, your GP, who then says, oh, why don't you go and see the witch doctor down the street? <laughs> yes. But, but the, I think that the, the, the average patient, m the most common number of patients would be, oh, my doctor thinks it's a real thing. Mm. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> now I will have, yes, it does help. And that's the, it means that they're going to approach it with uh, less, less trepidation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good word cynicism yeah that's about the biggest one i'll come out with today <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to hypnotize you get over your vocabulary issues yeah, <laughs> you I, know I, lots and lots of words martin <laughs> I, yeah not as many as you <laughs> you've got an ology um <laughs> but now seriously though getting back to what we're talking about about stigma and mental health and this that and the other um i think this is where people sometimes you know have a difficulty differentiating between what is mental health and what is poor mental health mm -hmm. or what is even mental ill health um you know because we, we all have give... mental health don't we well obviously because it's part of all health yeah i mean really really <laughs> your, your physical existence on this planet is everything around that is to do with your health yeah absolutely but i mean so the... but what definitions do you use for those three things well, for me personally, I always say mental health is how we think and how we feel. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so if you have mental ill health, 
how would you define that? Is that somebody with a diagnosable disease? Yeah, mental ill health is somebody who's got a, a diagnosis. Mental poor health is, can be any of us if we're not in right. a good place. So somebody with your using your definition, mental ill health, say bipolar or schizophrenic, those are always the go-to diagnosis, but there are many others. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is, is it could be well controlled, but it never goes away or the potential for causing you a problem doesn't go away. It's, mm. yeah, you, you may be in great control, just as a diabetic, even with perfect control of their sugar, still has diabetes. It can suddenly go yeah, off the scale, it, can't right. it? Yeah. And you need to make sure you, you know, continue to take your meds properly and all the other, yeah. Yeah. That, that's Do all the, the other things. Yeah. Yeah. I know we, we talk about sort of mental ill health. You can have a, a diagnosis of mental ill health, um, of something like, I know, like the old go-to favorite, bipolar or something like that. Mm -hmm. But but you can be in a great place. You can be thriving mentally. You can Absolutely. be mentally healthy um, for years and years and years. Yeah. Or you may just know your illness well enough to know when you need to pull back from people and do all the things that will ultimately make you better. It isn't like, oh, I should go and take a pill today. Boom. Now I'm all fixed. It isn't that. It is a cycle. Yeah, it is. And when people work with their mental health professionals, then they know this, especially something like bipolar, right. they know the cycle of it and they have plans in place for when things aren't right. so good and who to contact and what to do about it. Because um, right. it's one of those um, conditions that over a period of years, it starts to follow patterns and people recognize the warning signs, don't they? Mm -hmm. Same as someone who oh. suffers with migraines, recognize the warning signs coming on. Yeah, exactly. Actually, so I'm just realizing I'm, I'm being very careful about talking about bipolar, but actually I have a friend mm. who is very vocal and has her own podcast about oh, mental health, yeah, and we've talked about it. Yeah. My good friend Liz Trainer, look for her web, her podcast, which is Mind Surfer MD. Um, she was diagnosed with bipolar disease type 1 when she was 16 mm. she went uh, she she takes her meds she sees her therapist she respects her disease and she is a physician who went yep. through residency training and she is a pathologist but she now talks very openly about the honest to get rid of the stigma yeah i'm just going to say it brings us back to stigma doesn't it i'd forgotten about mm -hmm. Liz. I'd mm -hmm. forgotten about her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a perfect example of somebody with a diagnosed mental illness who's thriving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and helping others. Yeah, but she also has she she knows that it's never. Oh, who knows? There can be miracles anytime. But it, she knows when she goes quiet, and I don't hear from her for a while. Or mm. yeah, you just she oh yeah, I was just you know she she goes to work, she can function at that, but she knows that she can't do anything else at that yeah. time. And so she doesn't. And then when she's her cycle's done, she comes back, you know, she's very happy. Yeah. And I, I don't mean she's manic. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's, a, she's bad choice she's a fairly, of words there, Denise. She's a bubbly person. <laughs> and, and she's very active when, when she, when, once that great. period is gone, comes, you know, she can be, I have another friend who I won't name. No. <laughs> another friend who also has, and she, she is bipolar and she has a hard time in the winter. The lot, the, sun going away the fact that both her parents died over christmas different different christmases mm. and quite a long time ago but she knows that she's going to have a dip at that time yeah and yeah. so she she watches for it and she takes her medicines <clears throat> and hypnosis is not going to fix bipolar disease <laughs> but it can it help can reduce help the stress though 
and we can help reframe yeah. things. But you would yeah. have to work very much hand in hand with the psychiatrist. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean that is that's a perfect example of where hypnosis is really helpful. One reframing something, which for those who don't realise, means how we think about something, how we mm -hmm. feel about something. Uh, if we reframe it and it can reduce the stress as well because mm -hmm. let's face it stress can in certain cases bring on or exacerbate an episode can't it exactly so i mean if somebody again it, it's like if people have regular things to look after their physical well-being they may exercise daily they may take the dog for a walk every day they may go for a run twice a week people have different ways um mm -hmm. And all of those things are good for your mental health as well. But people don't necessarily think of what can I do to look after my mental health on an ongoing but basis. But remember, physical activity is known, provably, to help with mental health in general, particularly depression, yeah. anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Because the minute you start exercising, you start generating those feel-good things, don't you? Endorphins mm -hmm. and dopamine. Good things. <laughs> I was writing about that this week as well, because of oh, course, yes. yeah, yeah. When, when we're out for a walk and we spot something nice, like a squirrel and it comes That's running right, up to yes. us, we get a, a little nice, don't we? Yeah. Which is another one of the techniques that you use in your therapy, which is to think of three, three good things that happened today. And they can be tiny, tiny things. You're not it's the tiniest for, things I that want, are the best. I, yes. Right. That because just, you have to go back in your mind to think of them, you have to root out through that mental filing cabinet, what's happened that day. Um, and in doing so, you of course, you're in that left prefrontal cortex, you're toning down mm -hmm. the other side. Um, but yeah, it's the, it's the little tiny things. It's if somebody with a really grumpy face holds a shop door open for you and you weren't expecting them to, you feel good in that second. Even if they look grumpy at you. <laughs> yeah. Even if they look grumpy at you, but they've done something nice, mm -hmm. you feel good. You feel, we all like people to do nice things for us. It makes us feel valued. It makes us feel good. Yeah. Actually, your your use of the term grumpy face reminds me, apart from the fact that women in particular who are maybe deep in thought about something sad may look, not look very happy, getting told to smile, which is mm, very annoying. triggering for some of us. Um, but But it's infectious. And, but but we also need to be remember you don't know what somebody else is going through you don't exactly. know what might be uh what be what that face might be about it might be because they're thinking about finishing their taxes when they get home mm. or it might be their cat died or or they are just in a bad mood or maybe that's their natural expression that's their it doesn't mean it yeah well yeah. i get told this a lot because my normal default face as it were i'm not smiley i don't have a smiley face <laughs> When I'm walking around and doing my own thing, I'm, you know, I don't have a smiley thinking. face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so my default position is to look miserable, but I'm not. <laughs> Talking of infectious, here, here we go. Here we go all over the place now with the conversation as usual. Mm. Doctor's opinion. Why is yawning infectious, Denise? Why is yawning? I don't know, but it is. Yeah. Laughing is. Yeah, laughing is as well. Yeah. Yeah, but yawning, I've always, you know, it's one of those things. This is when we talk about the levels at which hypnotherapy works, for example, mm -hmm. at levels we don't quite yet understand, because there you go, you're a doctor, you can't explain why yawning's infectious. And I'm sorry for throwing you on the spot there. And it that, flashed up in you don't have to watch it, because now I have a deep need to yawn, just because you've said the word. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's, it's 
But we, we have senses that we don't understand fully, don't we? Right. And that's yeah. fine. We can work with, around them. You mm. don't have to, you know, I, I, I don't drive, but I sit in cars all the time. I don't worry about how they're working. I no. worry if I hear funny noises around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is something to be said for understanding how your body works, but, yeah. but you don't have to dwell on it too much. No. It doesn't need you to understand it. It mm. needs you to respect it and pay attention when it's telling you something. If you're having a pain, figure out why, no matter mm. where that pain is or what it's coming from. You know, pain is, pain is information. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? It's telling you something's wrong. Yeah. 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 And there's a, another reason that we make sure that people check with their physician. Absolutely. Or they, you know, I'm going to get rid of this pain for you. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. again, that's another thing, though, isn't it? Um, I, I think you've had a few referrals for back pain from doctors, haven't you? Mm -hmm. um, because back pain, one of, one of the great mysteries, I mean, people can only take so many painkillers, especially the opioid types, without loss of function. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people um, will see their doctor and the doctor will say, yeah, try therapy, try hypnotherapy. Because, um, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, we had the episode, didn't we, with Dr. Sue Peacock? Um, right. Yeah. And she oh, went... Reminder, she is a psychologist. Yes. <laughs> a health psychologist, but not a yeah. physician. Yeah, but she went into great detail to explain exactly how we register pain in our minds mm -hmm. um, and how hypnotherapy can help with that. Which, by the way, if you're watching this, have a look through the back episodes, Dr. Sue Peacock. <laughs> she was fairly early on, wasn't she? She was, was yeah, series one or series two. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we're on series four. And we're at the end of another show, Denise. <laughs> All right. If you have any comments, please tell us. <laughs> you can write you, to either Martin or me. Yeah. If you like <laughs> eavesdropping in our weekly conversation that goes all over the place. Well, they only see every other weekly because we yeah, talk true. anyway. <laughs> true. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, end of another one. Okay. End of we'll another one. It. And we've got a guest on next week with us. So I'll see you then. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.